0: Rejoice, Bachelor Nation. Bachelor Party is the podcast for you. Juliet Littman is here to break down every detail and piece of drama from the latest episode of A Bachelor franchise. Joined by fellow superfans, members of Bachelor Nation, and ringer colleagues, this is the one-stop shop for all your Bachelor needs. Check out Bachelor Party on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. Welcome to Ringer Dish. I'm Juliette Littman. We're back for a second week of Pop Culture History Lesson. The name's still still here, still sticking with it. Perhaps it'll change. Who knows? Today I'm joined by my new Ringer colleague, our staff writer, Jody Walker. Jody, welcome
0: to Ringer Dish. Juliet, thank you. What an honor to be on the second episode <laughs> of Say It Again. Pop, Pop culture, culture history lesson. History lesson.
1: It's like what it is. It's very descriptive. I don't know if that will stick. I think it makes perfect sense. Okay, great. Well, today's lesson is on ha- Anna Delvey, who some of you may know as almost like her catchy title. Like, she was obviously a scammer, but like, did she have like a, a name other than Anna Delvey when the story first came out?
0: I think most like tabloids and things were calling her like the fake heiress.
1: Oh, right. A the number, fake number of renditions on
0: heiress. The right, fake right, German right. Heiress, scam heiress.
1: Right. And so. New York Magazine's Jessica Pressler published an article about Anna Delvey in May of 2018 and it set the internet aflame. Does it feel like it's been more than almost four years or less?
0: It feels like less. I think all so of, too. It's yeah, kind of crazy. All of the
1: scams still
0: feel very fresh in my heart. I was kind of <laughs> like, like re upping on some of them as I was reading rereading about Anna Delvey and like Billy McFarlane Firefest seems not that long ago. And that was 2017. Crazy.
1: That's crazy. That was a full year before her.
0: Yeah, the wow. fallout continued well into uh, well into her reign as preeminent scammer. But the Firefest, fest, I believe, was in twenty seventeen.
1: Time surely is a flat circle. So <laughs> we are going to dive into this article and the whole saga of Anna Delvey because this Friday on Netflix, Shonda Rhimes first show that she herself has written is coming to netflix and it's called inventing anna and it's about the story and at the time very quickly after the piece came out in new york magazine shonda famously optioned it and it was like a big deal and now here we are have you seen any of the show i'm not sure if you have yes
0: i've watched the first three or four episodes
1: i'm just gonna say spoiler alert i'm not a fan of the tv show but (laughs) i'm curious what other people are gonna think I'm enjoying it.
0: It starts off a little slow. My feeling in having watched four episodes is that like, this is not a nine episode story. Yeah. At at least in the, you know, it is foreseeably based on this article in New York Magazine. And, but they're pulling a lot of other stuff in and that's fine. Cause if you're going to make nine episodes, then like you, you have to, but I just don't know if all that story is there. I think diving deeper into her, into Anna Delvey, almost makes her less fascinating. Um, yeah. It's like she's she's more interesting as a mystery. And so it seems like it seems a little much, but I'm enjoying some of the performances, which are wild. Mostly. <laughs> I mean, she, the, the accent is just so wild. and And Julia Garner is really nailing it. I mean, she yeah. sounds a lot like her. It is just a lot to listen to for a long
1: time. It's also a really confusing accent. So we'll get to that. Let's explain right, right, right. what happened. So <laughs> Jody, what is your best overview of what the Anna Delvey story is?
0: So Anna Delvey was a young woman who sort of showed up in New York uh, without anyone really knowing who she was, but also feeling like they knew exactly who she was because of the circle she ran in and the people that she knew, the Instagram she posted, but mostly she was just a story that she made up about herself, which was that she was a German heiress um, who had come to town to create the Anna Delvey Foundation, which uh, <laughs> sounds, you know, very philanthropic, but was actually just supposed to be like a very fancy social club that hosted a lot of art. And this very unusual young woman with a very odd put upon accent that you could kind of tell was put upon per most people who knew her, um, who was known to be sort of off-putting, sort of rude, but that just made her seem all the more rich. Um, managed to meet all the right people for a while and make all the right moves for a while to um, scam her friends, a number of hotels, uh, a couple of restaurants, and most importantly, <laughs> some banks
1: yeah and some people too she really like yeah. had some people close in her like close friends like yeah, people friends. who were random but then she just like kind of screwed them over although we will get to this she's now paid everyone back which I was delighted to learn actually um, right With
0: which is, some help from our friend Shonda Rhimes
1: yeah absolutely so <laughs> uh that's I think that's an excellent overview I think why do you think people were so like just Entranced, enthralled by the story of Anna Delvey, because I, when I went back and reread it today, I was just thinking to myself, like when I first read this, I felt like her scam was like more elaborate, and totally. I, I feel like in the last couple of years, like the legend of Anna Delvey has spiraled from, you know, pretty pretty straightforward but impressive scam artist to like, wow, can you believe she pulled that over? And I'm kind of like, okay, she just sort of was a really good liar. Like she there wasn't there wasn't like a heist involved. And I feel like often with scams, like there's something more elaborate. There's no pyramid yeah. scheme here. There's yeah. no Ponzi scheme. She just has like this real aspirational air to her that people around her bought into. She's also not that great of
0: a liar. I mean, no. I think that, like, <laughs> which I think like it's a great, it's a great will, point. It's a great the point. Show will reexpose is like you can see through this so easily when you're looking at it from the outside. But I think that there are two things that made her really that made the story really fascinating. And one is what we were just pointing out is that is kind of the personal aspect of it that she. Maybe didn't really like intend to scam her friends or these people that she was close to, but she ultimately did. And this push and pull of like, well, did they deserve to be scammed because they both fell into her trap and were sort of taking advantage of her, quote unquote, generosity? And then the other thing that made her so interesting was That she didn't seem that special. And I think that happens with like a lot of the scammers that we become so obsessed with.
1: Totally. It's a great point. I was going to ask you, like, why do people love scammers? And like, what is it about them that like pulls people into like their to the scams? Right.
0: I think like the dark, the darkest way to look at it is that if you are hearing a story about a scam that means someone has failed because if they, su- That's if a they great succeed, point. <laughs> it's not a scam. Like, you right. know, there are a lot of scammers out there who have just succeeded in their lies. But if we're hearing about a scammer, like if we're hearing about Elizabeth Holmes or we're hearing about Anna Delvey or Billy McFarlane, it means that like they got caught. And there's a sort of like, oh, there's like a dark sort of joy in that of knowing like, these people shot big and they failed. And I think sometimes that makes other people feel better for like maybe not having shot big at all. That is not to defend them. They shot big (laughs) and illegally. And like, I guess that's the big difference. Yeah. But I think that's, that's like part of what makes scams so fascinating is just finding out like how greatly someone went for it. And
1: then like how greatly they fell. There also like has to be some kind of like magnetic quality to the scammer. Otherwise people like don't buy into it, but Reading—we're um, going to talk about some of the people in her world, but, like, reading some of the accounts of her friends that are in Jessica Pressler's piece, and then also she wrote a story for Business Insider in the, uh, last week, but she's currently incarcerated. She was released from prison, or she served um, her sentence and was able to uh, pay people back, but then she was incarcerated for not having the proper visa, and so now she's detained by immigration, not by the corrections department. But anyway— there's something, like, intoxicating even about her writing, which I was pretty shocked by. I was like, is this a ghostwriter? Yeah. Because I was like, this is, like, really well done. Like, this, like, captures a real voice of, like, someone who's, like, sardonic and, like, arch. And I was I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Like, she has clearly an air to her. Totally.
0: It is that that piece is so voicey. I thought the same thing. Except it sort of proves to me in the other way is that I I feel like the real failure of all uh, docuseries or documentaries about scammers is listening to people say over and over how charming they are and then watching video clips of those people and being like, (laughs) are you kidding? They always have like dead eyes odd vocal tones, you know, they just, they seem unconvincing, but there, I think in that case, like there must always be some sort of separation about what is being captured in person. And people say about Anna Delvey over and over that she seemed rich and she seemed royal because she was like rude and cold (laughs) And seems like she hadn't really interacted with normal people very often. Yeah. Which, you know, was all an affront front that she was putting on. So in that, you know, she she did know what she was doing. I think if there's one skill that she really had, it was evaluating the New York social scene of the rich and elite and knowing how just to play their own game.
1: Yeah. As I was reading again, I I took note of some of the different people that she came into contact with. And like it was for... And, the story the presser tells basically unfolds over uh twenty seventeen and then and then it was published in May of twenty eighteen. But like included in her story are several encounters with Martin Shkreli, who <laughs> um famously bought the Wu Tang Clan's like uh album and then he was incarcerated himself.
0: <laughs> he which he apparently played for Anna and her
1: friend Neff, I think yeah. in one of the, the piece from Neff. I think he played um, Lil Wayne's album for them oh, in advance. you're right, you're right. He's just famous for having bought that Wu-Tang like, collector's item, right. essentially. And then himself ending up going to jail. But <laughs> um, she meets Macaulay <laughs> Culkin at a sound? dinner. <laughs> and yep. then uh, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, like his lawyer was involved in this somehow. They were at a dinner. And then she got to meet... Warren Buffett and like go to his conference in Omaha by like somehow scamming someone into giving her uh, a plane. And it's just like, it just went on and on. I was like, these are like some legit people. Like you understand why people would buy into it. If that's who she's spending time with. And I, I found that part impressive and also funny. I kind of forgotten the pharma bro, Martin Shkreli aspect of this
0: Well, it's like they always say about new york city a super small town where you're just always running into (laughs) famous scammers oh but Juliet, you missed my favorite one which i think early much earlier on in her career she allegedly stayed at billy mcfarland's clubhouse (laughs) magnesis or whatever it was called and like scammed him they had to move the location because she said she'd stay a few
1: days and then she uh stayed a few months In classic Anna style. She, and that was like kind of her hallmark. She'd like move in someplace and she wouldn't leave. And so she, (laughs) uh, (laughs) that
0: that was was her main move.
1: Yeah. The 11 Howard was where she met Neff. And then she moved to the Beekman Hotel. She just has like a lot of hotel stories. One thing that I was struck by, and I was curious if Jessica Pressler intended this, is it actually really reminded me of kind of like the anti Eloise of like the girl who doesn't have anything, but like is friends with all the hotel staff, because that's who she befriended basically.
0: Yeah. It also. I also was reminded of Eloise. In a nice. Okay. Good. Much so probably was intended way. Yeah. But you know that is that's like that's like the dream. You know, is to live in a hotel. I guess the dream is to do it legally. But <laughs> I think that that's what uh that's what unites most scammers, and I think that people who are not scammers themselves are also fascinated by is this complete lack of shame. Mm-hmm. I think most people are filled with shame. And it's appropriate to have a certain amount of shame because it's what keeps you from doing bad things. And it's also what tells you when to quit. I remember during the summer of scam, like really having this thought of all these people, you know, Elizabeth Holmes and Anna Delvey were like the the central marks of 2018. But I was also happened to be listening to the podcast, Dr. Death at the time.
1: That was very popular.
0: Yeah, very popular, right? I, I think it came out in like August or September of 2018. And I remember, and that's uh, less of a scam and more just straightforward homicide. But I remember what <laughs> they talked about, about him is that that guy, that doctor, just didn't know when to quit. Like he didn't know when he was bad at something. And that's, it just
1: feels like what- that, Yeah, he, they like push it too far. People like, criminals like push it too far and that's how they get caught essentially. And basically- Anna ended up owing so many hotels and so many people so much money that she got caught. Essentially, what brings her down is a trip to Morocco, basically, where right. she owes the Four Seasons in Marrakesh, like, so much money, and, and they are not charmed by her. And also, it's, like, <laughs> not a small boutique hotel. It's the Four Seasons. <laughs> and so she has to—she um, gets caught, and she has to flee there and then ends up back in the U.S. And that ultimately is kind of, like, her last act before going to Rikers, which is— crazy what she thinks. It's, it's just the whole thing. It's just a wild tale. Um, let's talk about some of the people in her life and like the key sources in the article, because there's a couple people who keep coming up. The one right. who's the most mysterious is who Jessica Pressler refers to as the trainer, capital T, the capital T trainer. She's <laughs> never named in the article. We have right. since learned that her name is Casey Duke. And she's being played by Laverne Cox in the television show. And she's sort of like a trainer slash motherly figure to Anna. Um, She's kind of like a life. They like describe her as a life coach in the article. Yes. And sometimes Anna will go to her and be like, I need a life coach session instead of physical training. But if you Google Casey Duke, she has a lot of like, she has a big presence in the fitness world too.
0: So Okay. So I did not realize that she'd now, is that her name in the series, her real name? I think so. Huh. I wonder why
1: she chose to be named. I was wondering that too. I couldn't figure it out, like why at first she was anonymous, but now she's allowing herself to be well known. But I was doing some research, and I was like, okay, um, I guess, I guess that's her. So it, that's like a really interesting one. I I wonder what changed. Maybe it just like as other pieces of the story came out, it became more more obvious. But. I don't know. And, and like, if you, if you look at her website, there's a lot of uh, other celebrities that she's trained.
0: Yeah. She seems at at the time that Anna knew her, I mean, she was definitely famous. I, she, it's interesting. Something about her, part of it is maybe that she's not named, but something about her throughout the article seems sort of suspicious. Like she knew more all along than she was letting on. And maybe it is because she is some sort of life coach who is like a deeply knowing and empathetic person that she just kind of knew what was going on here, but was going along with it, which is almost more insidious than not knowing what's going on and going along with it. I found myself really like pausing on the part where she, she goes home early from From the Moroccan vacation allegedly because of food poisoning. It's bad to have food poisoning on a vacation, but it's way worse to have food poisoning on a plane. (laughs) Yeah.
1: that's something right. Something right there. (laughs) That's a really good point. Like, was she more complicit or did she know more? She did have, like, this kind of, like, kindness towards Anna that really no one else had, even though Neff, like, really likes Anna. Still does. Still did. Like, that's her, like, best friend, I guess, who we'll come to in a second. But... I think that's a really good point. Like, there's something so shadowy about the, about Casey Duke, the trainer, that it's like, what else was going on there? Like, what and else did she know? And of course, all
0: of the kindness that we're, we're hearing that she had towards Anna were getting from her, from her yeah, point her from, from her story. I mean, I'm sure as many of those things as possible were fact-checked, but it does seem that of all the people that were close to Anna, she manages to stay above the fray more than anyone
1: else, so... How'd she do that? How'd she yeah. Do that? It's, it's a good question. Also, it seemed like she ended up owing Anna, like, or Anna ended up taking much less money from the trainer than from everyone else. Like, she didn't really get left with a tab nearly as often, or at all, if I recall correctly. No. It, yeah.
0: yeah, and she was actually paying her for a service.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Hmm, maybe that'll be explored <laughs> in the TV <laughs> show. Um Next. Gotta watch a few more Eps. (laughs) Neff, who I mentioned before, Neff worked at the hotel, Eleven Howard, and she was basically like, worked at the concierge. And Anna kind of like, I mean, not to make it sound like it was not like, going in both directions, but it sounds like Anna sort of like, annexed her as a friend. She's sort of like, you're part of like my life now that you, I live at the hotel and you work here. And their relationship is like, pretty remarkable. Like, What Neff has said since, and Neff got a lot of attention right when the article came out and she did interviews, like, she feels really warmly towards Anna, and it it seems like she still does in the whole experience.
0: Yeah. It it seems like Neff sees it for what it is. She also was not nearly as harmed, uh, financially speaking, as other friends. She... I believe by the advice of her mother did not go on the Morocco trip that (laughs) left some friends $60,000 in debt. Um, and so that, you know, I, I imagine that helped her to keep, but she just seems very, uh, she really seems like she keeps it real. All of her quotes are very funny and she seems to have the same sense of humor as Anna. So she, it's somewhat, so she may have genuinely liked her more than anyone else who liked going to dinner and going on personal training sessions. Like, she also gave Neff a lot of money.
1: Yeah, she has <laughs> she a
0: lot of mentions of a lot of, of $100 bills being slipped across the hotel concierge counter
1: yeah like to get her attention like like Neff would be helping other other guests and anna would like like flaunt dollar a hundred dollar bills to get her attention that was one of my hundreds. favorite details <laughs> that's like yeah. a crazy that is like a legitimately <laughs> a crazy thing to do so i like that part
0: and you you have to think if you see someone doing that you would of course believe that they there is rich as they say they are that they have yeah. a 60 million dollar trust back home in germany
1: and it, it plays into the rudeness that also kind of made people believe yes, that it's very rude <laughs> That's a good note. By the way, when I first started watching the show, I was like, what is this accent that she's doing? And basically, Anna Delvey herself, whose real name is Anna Sorokin, is from a Russian family, but uh, speaks German fluently and spends a lot of time in Germany too. So there's like a German-Russian hybrid essentially and it's it's pretty weird but right if you watch so she the show moved to Germany fuse, yeah when she was a teenager but
0: she moved away pretty quickly so like yeah not a lot of time to pick up the accent but she wanted to pick up the the background the heritage of, of being German she was very much claiming to be a German heiress yeah. in during her time in New York
1: yeah and I, I have to say like as an American. I'm much more likely to fall for a European scammer than an American scammer, for sure. Because I'd be like, "Oh, an accent! Like, oh yeah, I can't fact check that. They live their their families in Germany. How would I know? It all be in German. Like, that's like right. that was a smart a smart piece of it to me. Because I'm like, that does make it a lot more believable. But she she lived in Paris before in New York too, so she took her exploits all over. Right.
0: Yeah, she does a lot of key things that are like pretty simple but smart for her scam. The first being just. Saying that she has a trust, a $60 million trust that she's going to come into when she's 25. Of course, eventually 25 came around and she didn't come into the trust. So she just kind of had to make up another story. But there are so many instances when she's, you know, scamming the hotels, scamming the banks of her saying that she just, she can't get the money. It, it can't, you know, it can't be wired. It can't come over from, and I don't know anything about getting money from other countries or from Either. trust. And Maybe a lot like, of people don't. All I so, know is like,
1: is um, Ocean's 12. I'm like, oh, it's like basically my, my point of reference for like international European crime. So and they're like, you know, Interpol, Amsterdam, they're like all over Italy as well. I'm like, OK, sure. Whatever happened in that movie? Right. Notoriously a movie about scams. So
0: yeah. I, I think that should be a pretty big red flag from here on out. <laughs>
1: One thing that really struck me with Neff and reading Neff in her own words after the New York Magazine article came out is that it seemed like she just kind of, like, still believed in Anna and believed in, like, sort of, like, the legend of Anna. And she was like, this is all happening for a reason. Neff wanted to be um, a filmmaker and an actress. And, like, as a result of the notoriety, she got a lot more attention and more opportunities. And she was like, Anna did this for me. And I, I thought she seemed, like, fairly earnest in those assertions of, like, because of Anna, I'm, like, getting further in my career than I expected to, which I thought was, like, just really interesting and surprising, particularly because Neff isn't, like, you know, she has, like, other people in her life to kind of set her straight. Like, her mom is the one who convinced her not to go on the trip. And so I was really taken with, like, how earnest she seemed to still believe in her friend. Still how mm-hmm. earnestly she believed in her friend.
0: And it's it's an interesting note because it's the inverse of Rachel. Right. Who wrote the Vanity Fair article.
1: Yes. And so her uh, her other friend is named Rachel Williams. And well, she is that we know of. Like, these are sort of like the three key friends in the article are the trainer, Neff and this Rachel, who is a Vanity Fair uh, photo editor who then ended up writing a book about Anna after the fact right. and a whole article for Vanity Fair once this article came out.
0: I believe the Vanity Fair article from Rachel actually came out before this New York piece. Oh, you're right. It, it came was, out one one month before. You're right. Because it's the first thing I remember reading or just finding out that this is it's the way I found out about Anna Delvey was by reading this piece from this Vanity Fair photo editor, Rachel, who'd been friends with her and had ultimately uh, gone on this trip with her to Morocco, where Anna said she'd pay for everything. But her cards kept declining. And then there are like two scary men standing in their hotel room and Anna can't pay. So Rachel ultimately, this is the honestly the wildest detail of the story to me. The whole story is that Rachel puts down what I believe she says is her company card. I know. (laughs) And and no, nothing. I have 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 watched things and Connie Nast is not saying anything. I mean, would that not... Be a huge that that seems like then she could get sued or she that she puts down her company card for a sixty thousand dollar vacation. I know
1: in order to get herself home, but it didn't go through, right? Like the card was denied, I believe it did go through.
0: Oh, I thought it didn't. Later, the trainer's card was denied when she's trying to get her out of oh uh, gotcha the second hotel. But But when Rachel, how do you not get fired for that? I, I don't know. So I watched um, and I would recommend if, if people are interested in this story, I watched, um have you seen the series generation hustle on HBO max?
1: I've heard about it, but I haven't seen that.
0: I had also heard about it, but not seen it until I was, you know, doing a little research for this story. And there is just a one out. One of the episodes is about Anna Delvey's hustle as it were. Nice. And, uh, and Rachel is a big part of that story but they kind of turn on her at the end a little bit at least the editing because Anna's lawyer is also a big part of that docu series and he his name is Todd like
1: Spodek Todd <laughs> and he is a character He's played by Stewie from Succession in the show
0: He is <laughs> and I love Stewie I love that actor I would not say that they are portraying him as as much of a character as he seems to
1: be He's much in more understated docuseries. like kind of like like um circumspect lawyer guy on the TV show.
0: Right. Yeah. And kind of like magnanimous and, you know, helpful towards Anna, which he was, but he's, he's kind of this, he seems a bit like a hustler himself. Like when you, when you see him live on screen and he exposes how Rachel was sort of received by the jury in Anna's ultimate trial. And they, you know, the prosecutors thought that she would be this sort of like, you know, sad figure that people would relate with. But ultimately she like, as Neff has been very earnest and open about, she made a lot of money from this. She sold that book. People know who she is. She got signed by a talent agency and that's not to discredit what she went through, which did seem difficult, not just having to slap down the Condé Nast card, but also then she's in debt and and her supposed friend is not paying her back and she doesn't have a way to pay her bills. And this book deal didn't come around immediately. So like that is, that is tough, but she sort of does not own up to the way that she also used the situation when Anna was paying everything for her and then when she was making money off of the story that Anna brought her into and the jury did really not, really did not like that.
1: I do think she's a good writer. Like if you go back and you read oh, yeah. her piece in Vanity Fair, like it, it's really well done. But yeah, she sort of, she tries to like have it both ways, like sort of like, be like journalists taking this in without acknowledging how she benefited from being around Anna and and like... You know, and and now this notoriety, whether she wanted it or not, like has led to a career, like a career that she might not have had otherwise. But I I, I was impressed by her writing. I'm kind of impressed by everyone's writing involved in this. I'm like I'm like, oh, these are all really smart people. <laughs> yeah, interesting and dynamic people who
0: tell their stories fairly well. So yeah. maybe that is that is part of <laughs> running in these
1: circles. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, there only other character from the TV show who. Isn't explicitly present in the Jessica Pressler story, but of course is has written it as Jessica Pressler. And <laughs> right. Jessica Pressler is played by Anna Klumsky in the show, who has been renamed Vivian. And I think this is why I don't like the show, not because the man had Jessica Pressler, but like they create this like sort of Harried journalist character to who is supposed to, you know, be the Jessica Pressler who's like also befriending Anna on the TV show and like I'm assuming will like kind of like fall under her spell to a certain extent and I think it's just like a really weird way to present the story because Anna Klumski is on the show way more at least for the first few episodes than Julia Garner and like I'm not here yeah. for for Anna Klumski I'm here for Julia Garner <laughs> and so I find that part really weird and um, our colleague Amanda Dobbins pointed out to me this is the second time this has happened with Jessica Pressler story yes. Pressler <laughs> Pressler wrote um the story that became the film Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu and she also gets written into that and she's yeah. played by the wonderful Julia what's Styles. her last name? Styles. Thank you. Good brain freeze um and I just think it's like super weird like is this a clause to option through stories and if it is Julia, g- I had
0: the exact same thought is then I was like go Jessica Bressler yeah <laughs> I'm like I guess good for that, you get that coin get that character I mean us journalism girls gotta yeah. <laughs> you know gotta go for it um I I had the same well I I was not as put off by the inclusion of her character and of her story. I do think it's, I mean, Jessica Pressler is involved with the making of this television show. And so I'm very curious about, there is so much in this series that is not from the article. And what is kind of complicated about this story and understanding it is that much of what Anna Delvey was charged with and much of what she sort of publicly is known for doing Defraud, attempting to defraud these banks in order to get loans for um, the Anna Delvey Foundation slash social club, Um, defrauding her friends and uh, all these hotels only happened within a matter of like a year. Yeah. But there's like a really long period of time where she is existing in New York, jet setting all over the place, and she doesn't have a job. And she's not... (laughs) Spoiler alert! I don't know if we fully expose this. Not actually a German heiress. Yeah. <laughs> She's, you know, this young She's woman rich, from Russia yeah. whose parents are like did not know she was doing this. They, you know, used to pay her rent every once in a while. But once she wandered over from her Paris internship to New York, she was there for years, and so a lot of that is in the show. And it's I I find that stuff pretty interesting. But also, while knowing that it's not really based in fact, um, which they're very open about, you know, this is one of these shows that opens up with, like, a real, you know, silly little subtitle about, like, this is all based on the truth except for the parts that aren't. Yeah. Which it's I very, find a little frustrating.
1: <laughs> this show's clear antecedent is Scandal. Like, there's no question about it. Like, first of all, a lot of the Scandal cast is in it, so there's that. But okay. moreover, it's, like, it has the same frothiness and the same sort of, like, um narrative conveniences which i'm in favor of you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's tv for a reason it doesn't have to be true life but i think because this story just got so much attention and because shonda Rhimes got so much attention for optioning it i was just i don't know what i was expecting but i was i i think it was more of like a um not as much i wasn't expecting such a heavy dose of scandal i suppose and i like scandal but okay i just think it's very i didn't different. watch scandal did you, so. do you watch Grace? No, I am not.
0: I am not the Shonda Rhimes expert that you are. I am simply a scam expert.
1: <laughs> I'm not a scam expert, but I do. I do love Shonda, so I was. I was just surprised by it. Maybe. I, maybe I'm being too harsh, which you know is possible. You're critical of the things you love, but I just was very, very surprised by Anna Klumsky being such a focus of the show. So you know, but I, there's probably like only so much they could really get from Anna Delvey, which I think leads us to some questions about her and in terms of what she's doing right now. And so we mentioned that she is in an ICE detention center. She is not in favor of his TV show. And so she did. So like Neff, it seems like she cooperated. I was looking at her Instagram. She's like promoting it and stuff. Anna, I think while well, she spoke Jessica Pressler quite I'm a bit. Sorry. So I'm so article. sorry to interrupt,
0: but I am continually impressed by Neff. I mean, she has her hands in every pot. I know. <laughs> How is she balancing all of these plates and like, keeping everyone
1: happy. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like Neff's involved. She's promoting it. I don't know. She probably was a source. It seems like Anna did not participate. And so I bet that in some ways limited some of the writing of the show.
0: Right. And, you know, I did know that, but I hadn't given it a lot of thought. I listened to you and Amelia talk about the... Tommy and Pamela Anderson show last week. Um, I listened to it after I had watched two episodes and I had like a real weird feeling watching those two episodes (laughs) and then, and not just because of the graphic graphic prosthetics, but um, you know, and then I found out that Pamela Anderson was not involved with that show. And I did not love that revelation because of, uh, you know, she was already violated by this story once. So then it kind of feels like another violation for yeah. this to be told without her consent. And then, you know, I have not given this any thought, but what is, uh, but, but Anna Delvey has been paid for this. I think she's pissed about the show though. Okay. I'm pretty so sure she does. She, she does not approve of it after selling her life rights yeah. to Shonda Rhimes yeah. and Netflix.
1: Exactly. Okay. And also right. she was released from prison about a year ago. And then she was um, uh, six weeks later. She was released in February 2021. And then six weeks later is when she was arrested for not having the right visa or detained. I shouldn't say arrested. Because um, right. it's not a corrections. It's it's ice. And so I think it's just complicated because though so she signed her, li- her life rights away. Like she this is like not the story she wanted to be told, which is, you know, as a scammer, it's all about narrative control. So it <laughs> doesn't <Right>. surprise me. <laughs> Well, yeah,
0: and I think what this story tells us over and over again is that uh, money is complicated and, you know, can make people do a lot of things Yeah, and also isn't totally real. Uh, And who knows that better than Anna Delvey? But, um, you know, it does seem like for those six weeks uh, in between getting out of Rikers and being detained by ICE, she was she was living as largely as she possibly (laughs) could per her Instagram, which I would. Highly recommend perusing through.
1: It's kind of crazy that it's still up. I know. And that it's the same
0: one. She, <laughs> she has changed her, you know, her, her name or her title on Instagram. But it's the same one that, yeah. like, Jessica used to write the article. And Instagram has featured really prominently in the series as far as, like, creating a lot of breakthroughs for the investigation of this article. So, you know, that... That it's it's interesting to watch how the increase of scams came about with this, you know, also increase of social media and how we're able to portray ourselves in certain ways when those ways might not be true at all.
1: Right. And it's funny that kind of relates to her objection to the show and what she wrote in the piece for Insider was. For a long while, I was hoping by the time Inventing Anna came out, I would have moved on with my life. I imagined for the show to be a conclusion of sorts, summing up and closing of a long chapter that had come to an end. But she she was angry or frustrated that the story is told from, quote, a journalist's perspective. And she goes on to say, Nearly four years in the making and hours of phone conversations and visits later, the show is based on my story and told from a journalist's perspective. And Mm. just to that end, um, Jessica Pressler spoke to her on the phone and visited her in prison. And also Julia Garner did visit her in prison uh, for Mm. research. And then Anna added, and while I'm curious to see how they interpreted all the research and materials provided, I can't help but feel like an afterthought. The somber irony of being confined to a cell, yet another horrid correctional facility lost between the lines, the history repeating itself. In um, while, that I think is she's some pros. Seriously, Anna. like what a great writer! I, I like she wow. really. Wow, and she I think uh, I think she's like king yeah. rikers. I think previously. she previously uh, overstates like some of her own gravitas a little bit, but like oh, oh does she. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. But she also has a point, you know?
0: Like, yeah, oh, I, I agree. I it's weird think to overstating tell this. Stating herself is like one That's of what her she main does. features. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: But I agree. I, I agree with Anna. It's weird to tell this story from the journalist's perspective, just in terms of like, not because. I mean, it would have been the journalist's perspective regardless, right? Because it's it's researched and whatever. But just, like, making the journalist a bigger character in some ways than the actual subject is just so weird to me. I
0: can't get past it. I think it's difficult to tell it from Anna's story without empathizing with her. And I don't think that's something that the series is interested in doing. I think it's, like, interested in showing how she got to the places that she is and who she is. But a complete lack of shame does suggest a certain kind of person. Yeah, of course. And that's not really a point of view you always want to tell a story from. It's I'm true. I'm not saying they made the right choice, but... but like, I am going what back to it? my point is that, like, maybe this is not a complex enough
1: story to tell for for nine episodes. whole series. Right. Uh, what about telling it from Neff's point of view? I feel like she had a lot to offer, and that would have been interesting. Now, Juliet, how do we
0: reverse time and get you in this writer's (laughs) room? Because that is a great idea. And that actress is really good. I mean, I had not reread the story to be reminded of the details when I went, uh, when I started watching the series. And I was, you know, I'm really struck by her in every medium, on the show, in the article, in her own voice, on Instagram. She's a really interesting character. And that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. Um, just two final notes first of all that actress is named uh, Alexis Floyd uh, check cool. her out and second of all you made a really good point uh, when we were prepping for this which is Anna posted a screenshot of her insider piece and the like top promoted celebrity content uh, comment is from Julia Fox so, <laughs> so
0: <laughs> and Julia- wild once again the tiny city of Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> to the tiny island of Manhattan. Julia just Fox. Everyone running in the same circle.
1: She posted, thank you for the B Day wishes. Heart, heart, heart. I was recording when you called, crying face. So, what do you think, think she was recording? podcast I, I don't know Juliet
0: have you been recording with, with Juliet Fox is this how you reveal it
1: I wish what an incredible <laughs> coda for this story I, I love it Jody, thank you so much for joining me for this thank you for your research thank you to Kaya McMullen for producing this episode find more of Jody on the ringer.com and more of me on this feed and on bachelor party and tea time we'll be back on Friday